Oh. Woo. Nitty kitty witty slitty, I don't want to suck a titty. If I ever did, then you know that I got a pity slap in the face just because I can. Welcome to episode 101 of the Off and Be podcast. And I just turned my fan on and I got all of my fans on the screen watching with their eyes. Because if they ever knew me, they would know they would want to go home and tell their mama that, hey, Clint is alive. But yeah, welcome to episode 101 of the Off and the often beat podcasts and i guess you could call her daddy because uh that's where jls appears on aka also known as jamie lynn spears aka more known as zoe 101 because i'm all about the chase <laughs> shout out the chase did you know that uh whoever chases friend is it kyle you know Basically, uh, the black friend on the PCA campus, which is kind of weird. The Zoe 101 has this amazing off-short or is an off-resort campus. Um, kind of really set the bar high for uh, school. And let's just say school did not meet the mark. You guys, Victoria, because she is still looking for justice of getting fucked over by Ariana Grande. Uh, hopefully, she becomes victorious <laughs> in her uh, efforts, but it seems that will that lawsuit will continue going side to side. <laughs> oh Jesus. You could call me a the boy. Um yeah. There's a there's a rumor going around. So yeah. Um apparently Joe Biden said fuck that. And Boy, did he. He, uh, apparently during the press conference, Joe Biden said, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And I think we all can agree. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Um, the light on my face seems more like a Nuva ring, which in case you don't know is anti-pregnancy and all, uh, pregnancy those uh birth control stuff really makes you gain weight and gain a weight (laughs) uh you could call this the tuesday with stories podcast without mark norman or joe list because technically this is being recorded on the tuesday and there is a story so there you go oh but yeah um, oh, Jesus, 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 uh, I one time, have you ever, uh, have you ever, did you know that Chipotle, it's fucking 12 bucks for a fucking burrito, it's absurd, first of all, okay, let me break down Chipotle, I think it's actually one of the most overrated things in American cuisine, uh, it's $7.95 for the base price. Cool. Except if you get a special meat, which apparently chorizo is a special meat, even if it is plant-based, which is kind of weird. That's something that's supposed to be beneficial to the earth and supposed to be great for the earth. But they charge more for it. If it's beneficial to the earth, doesn't that mean renewable resources and economics is supposed to be cheaper, which makes it a good renewable resources when it's cheaper. But yet they charge more for it. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Even on Taco Bell, they figured it out. You can get a veggie option, and it's like 50 cents or a dollar cheaper. But hey, what the fuck do I know? Chipotle is one of the most fucking overrated things ever created, and we just accept it because they just mark up the price, and what the fuck are we going to do about it? So for example, it's 8 bucks essentially for any meat burrito bowl tacos which anytime you get three tacos for eight or nine bucks fucking scam maybe i'm spoiled by the taco bell and del taco wave where it's like a dollar dollar 25 at fucking most some reason they can justify charging three dollars essentially when you pay it out to uh basic fucking tacos to shells that are just gonna crumble under fucking pressure anyways but chipotle i'm not even joking I paid $12.17 for a chorizo burrito with guacamole added. 
And apparently, adding a medium portion of guacamole is $2.50. Sounds cool. Um, it sounds fine. Except guacamole should not be $2.50 to sparingly add on a fucking burrito. If you're going to charge me $2.50 for fucking guacamole on my burrito, it better literally be half the burrito. Um, it just seems that we just are fine getting our ass cheeks spread for the guacamole spread. Um, it just seems that this obsession that we have with guacamole, we just let it overtake us. I wasn't thinking about it. I was assuming when they said, hey, just so you know, it's extra. It's like, I know it's extra. I'm thinking like a dollar twenty-five. Then they're like, ah, 1217. It's like they added the California double the taxes. And even if you move, we still are going to charge you for California taxes within the year. That's what it feels like in Guacamole Chipotle. You're getting California without, you know, living all the benefits of living in California and being rich enough to where you can file single file line and. Um, is you just flip a coin. You might as well flip a coin of whether you're going to get fucked in the ass at Chipotle. Um, even, it's so funny they put Harry Tubman on the tail side because the head side, even though it's 50-50, we all know it's not really 50-50, hashtag equality. Um, it, it's kind of funny that head is all, like the head is literally the head. It's like the head of the dragon. And tails is the bottom. Even if it's evenly proportioned, you're always going to start at the top, which is the head. And get ahead of the game because Chipotle is a scam. All I'm saying, Chipotle, is the food good? Yes. Is it overrated? Absolutely. Um, it should not literally be 50% cheaper to go to fucking Moe's and I get fucking chips. And they may even throw a free drink, depending on the location you go, because they're nice people. It's 12 bucks for a chorizo fucking burrito with guacamole with no chips. I have to pay extra for fucking chips? Cool. You want to act like you're substandard? You want to act like you're elite? Fine. Have that be your selling point. Cool. But the charge for chips, that's a, that really hit home. And that's, that's basically when I told myself, fuck you, um, because they might as well tell that to your face. And ironically, isn't it weird when you go to a restaurant and you pay more for one item than a person is getting paid for that hour? Like they're literally, they like, they are basically saying this burrito, this cravings box, this, this, this single meal of food is worth more than the person that is making it, taking it, and shaking it for you. That's more than you're worth an hour. So when you want to break down economics, I just find that a little funny. I'm not saying pay more. I'm not saying, oh, well, everyone should just negotiate their wage. Because you know what reality? People always say if you were able to negotiate your wage, you would get more money. Um, no, they just be like, oh, you don't want to take more than four bucks an hour? Go fuck yourself and uh, go uh, suck Lyndon B. Johnson's tax deal in 1967. Talk about the New Deal, except anytime people whose benefit, who benefits off you, quote unquote, unionizing or... Uh, Re of not going the wage route and saying everyone should just be open market. Everyone should just negotiate their wage because then you can negotiate making 18 an hour at a place you typically make nine. It's like, yeah, they also might be like, we're going to pay you three bucks an hour. And if you don't take this job, we're going to deport the fuck out of you. And your other options aren't very scarce, which is going to keep the level playing field, not very level. And it's going to keep the poor, poor and the rich, really rich. And the middle class is going to be, eh, because everyone's going to be getting paid 4 bucks an hour or 48 There's going to be no in between. And if you basically don't take pay cuts, they're going to be like, well, you don't have to take it. And you don't have to work here because having a job is a privilege. And you know what else is a privilege? Our sponsor for today, Me Undies. Um, it's a privilege to be able to 
fill your balls after sitting down at a after a long Mario Kart session. Hashtag Mr. Game of Watch. Flipping pancakes, chicken, skillet, burning the sizzle. Uh, let's just say we'll burn your tingle. And me undies will let you know that you uh you definitely have a little me undie there. <laughs> uh Jesus. Oh, by the way, uh here's a resurfaced gay joke. Um so two dudes are fucking in the shower, right? As they're doing their thing, the phone rings. One of their phone rings. You don't let it ring, as Kalani would say. Damn, party next door. Let's just say he's still causing a party next door. Don't recognize or stay loyal. Just come and see me for once. Why you gotta start, girl? Um, Because she can. But, so... The phone rings, the one guy gets out, and as he gets out, he turns around and says, Hey, while I'm gone, don't come while I'm gone. And the dude's like, Don't worry, I won't. So the dude goes, takes the phone call, gets a little ring ring, like, hey, you know, talks to his mother. I don't know what he anyways. Comes back a few moments later, opens the shower curtain, and everything he told that dude not to do, it's on the curtain. It's on the walls, it's on his back, it's on the ground. And he's like, hey, I told you not to come. And he's like, I didn't. I farted. Damn. Um, talk about ripping, talk about ripping tear, like rip torn, men in black style. Um, that's off the actor, Rip Torn, who I believe has died. Coolest name. Is it a nickname? Is it real? I don't know. Nothing is real if you don't have a name. Uh, remember the name. I like how when that song, it just broke down percentages, like 20% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power, 5% pleasure, 10% game, 100% reason to remember name. I don't have to get into the fact that the percentages don't really add up to 100, um, and you just kind of skip. Like You could have just said 100% reason to remember name and all that build up was actually really unnecessary um i'm not gonna be that guy but i guess i just was but anyways back to being that guy um i don't think you're in a business to break down percentages of what's important because you can't even perfectly break down your percentages um it's kind of like joe budden and uh accounting um there's a reason why you hire people to take care of your accounting. Even though you could get fucked over, which is more than likely, when you're biased to your own accounting and other people are involved in the process of it getting paid, um, you probably shouldn't be in charge of distributing the pay. But yeah, me undies. Go get under. 15% off when you type in the O&B. Uh, that's off and beat, but do the acronym. You can do the fucking math. O&B, 15% off. And for every purchase you make, I get literally uh, $2. Yeah, that's why I get So go fuck yourself and fuck me. That's what you get when you have a top 200 podcast in the USA for quote-unquote society culture podcast, which I don't think I'm a man of culture. I don't even know if I'm a representation of society, but I leave. Technically, we are all uncultured swines. And by the way, I did a handshake with the dude earlier outside of the vehicle. By the way, I drove, I didn't drive in a Tesla. I rode in the back seat of a Tesla. Not from the passenger side, from way back in the passenger side. And the shit's real. You go from 0 to 80, but it feels like you're going 30. And all they did was drive around this complex and this like area near CarMax and just did circles around and didn't really stop at stop signs. But hey, who am I going to stop a guy from doing stop sign? It's autopilot. I'm assuming even if he doesn't know he's doing, uh, the Elon Musk autopilot will take care of my livelihood, even though the seatbelts didn't work. And apparently you have to pay functions. You can literally buy a function where the Tesla can park itself. I don't know if I trust that. I also don't trust myself to do certain types of parking, but I sure as hell, I wonder how much it is. First of all, he was renting a Tesla. I didn't even know it was legal to rent a Tesla. 
I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, but I'm going to say maybe your Tesla shouldn't have more collateral than the place where you live. I feel like that's a mismanagement of priorities. But then again, what the fuck do I know? Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it was actually pretty cool. I always thought the idea of a Tesla was like overrated, the idea of it. That's actually kind of cool. Not going to lie to you. Uh, but yeah. But anyways, so this uh, half gay dude, Peruvian, Colombian, I don't know. I went in. He's like, hey. He's like, whoa. Wow. This is a surprise. I wouldn't expect any white people to be over here. It's like, you're almost whiter than me. And... The other people there weren't technically white, but he was not that far from it. He was closer to being looking like me than looking like the other confidants there. And he's sitting there like, so I go in and go in for a handshake. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, shaking your hand. And he said, dude, just dap me up. And then he's like, where are you from? And I'm like around here and I was like I would make a characterization where you from but I feel like in today's world there's like six different places I can assume and apparently misjudging if someone's Colombian or Peruvian the difference is like oh my god how dare you and I didn't want to make that assumption I was like are you Colombian he's like no are you Peruvian he said no I was like are you Latin he said no and I'm like I don't know how much far, are you Argentinian? I don't know. I just started naming like seven different. I was like, I'm starting to get uncomfortable because I felt like the more I list, the more agitated you're going to get. He's like, no, I won't be. And I was like, you're here. I was thinking in my head, he looks kind of Native American. Um, but then he complimented my beanie. He said, oh, you watch Friends. And I was like, you got a friend of me, but it's not too friendly. But yeah, you got a friend. Um, but yeah. Cool dude, though. Pretty nice dude. Um, apparently, Mancala has made its way back to the American Game Board directory as a supervisor of the American Game Board directory. Something came up to mind, and actually, I don't know if it came to mind or if I heard it somewhere, but people will. Whole, like, so if you have like the real estate crisis in 08 or 09, right? When that whole thing happened, people are more surprised that someone with a stranger's money, person they don't give two fucks about, would steal your money and fuck you over. But they're not surprised when you play Monopoly with friends you know or family and. You're literally running a monopoly. And you're literally buying houses and real estate. So other people stay poor. And you play until you own everything and the other person's out of money. You literally pay. You literally play until the other person is washed clean and in massive debt that's irreversible to come out of. Where they have no assets or nothing. And yet... It's like, ah, it's a fun game. It's like the same person that would do that with your money in this figurative world. You think with a stranger's money that they have no attachment that they're not going to be held accountable for. You really fucking think that's different? You really think they're going to treat that person with better equity Oh, it's the integrity of the position. There is no integrity with overspending for a beach house. There is no integrity for real estate in general. Real estate is all a fucking scam. Buying things is all a scam. Because even when you buy something, you really don't own it. Because if you don't pay something when you buy it, if you miss a payment... They can come and seize and freeze your accounts. So obviously you don't own it. And even when you pay off shit, you still have to pay taxes. 
on something you paid off. Explain this. I would think like like if I buy a camera, which I did once upon a time in the yonder years, if I buy a camera, that would be like Sony, the man I'm looking at right now. Like Sony sending me a tax aversion effect every time I file my taxes, be like, hey, you're gonna pay us 90 bucks because we're still kind of giving you, even though you paid everything in full up front, we like a good hundred, couple hundred bucks a year just because we provided you something that can make you do a bunch of cool shit, which by the way, it does, but. Um, it's like, once I pay it, that should be it. But it's like, even when you pay it, you really didn't. Because they're still coming up from behind, grabbing your cheeks and say, come plant the flag with us and call it D-Day. Because we are coming after you. Talk about the British Tea Party. The Boston Tea Party, I should say. But, you know, the British are coming. The British are coming. Paul Revere, one of the most overrated figures. Not even a cool name. I don't exactly revere him. <laughs> More appalled. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to me. That green tea. Um, had a little green tea tonight. And I don't mean green tea. I mean, it was green in a cup. And there was actually no tea involved. You can read in between the lines. And give a little nibble. Uh, but yeah. Talk about Mr. Jameson. Uh, not a big, not a big uh, pirate guy. I think uh, pirates. One of the most. I, I don't understand the beautiful appeal of pirates. And I don't understand why quote unquote pirating a movie is called Pirates. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Kind of an overrated series. Never really got into it. Personal preference. Not a big uh, drunk rum off the castaway beach type of guy. Not my thing. I um, feel like there's only so much things you can do with abandoned ships. And be entertaining with it. With accents that are very period piece. And they try to make it modern and cool. Because everyone stopped watching after the third one. After that, it's just a money grab. Pirates of the Caribbean is actually really a smaller version of MCU when it comes to salaries and how they're developed and money making. Like, the purpose of making them was strictly just for how much from fucking money is going to make. And I don't even hate it. But you can definitely see Dead Man's chest really felt like a dead man inside that chest. Uh, more like acupuncture. If you've ever gotten acupuncture, you would know that they are not very accurate. And the way they puncture your lungs. Right, Tyrod Taylor? Oh, Jesus. That was more of a puncture lung shot. Um, by the way, shout out to the Rams for ramming it through. Even if the Bucks, <laughs> the Buccaneers, Pirates, haha, came back and decided to err, matey. And said, no, Stafford. And Stafford's like, ah, fuck it. And, um... Then you have the Packers losing to the Niners. Jimmy G. Niblets or Jimmy Gerbils uh, being A-Rod. Did he really beat A-Rod? Not really. They didn't score a single fucking offensive touchdown. A lot of mistakes by the uh, Packers. But hey, it's cool though. Because as long as you win, all I do is win, win, win. Uh, and then you pull the plug, scrub, how to save a life. And no matter how many times you save a life, you'll never really get the credit you deserve. And doctors can be assholes, and that's okay. I'm not saying you're scrubs. What I am saying is some of y'all are fucking ass wipes. If I get my fucking foot checked out, it's not that hard to tell me over the phone like, hey, don't come here to Kaiser Permanente. Um, go to a foot doctor. Or just don't come here because we're going to give you a severe attitude that you didn't ask for even though you took off work or took off school. And uh, we're going to waste your time. And if you're going to waste your time, waste your time with me. 
and let us take 30 bucks out of your co-payment so we can have a fucking attitude at your foot for feeling numb. And I've decided to deal with the numbness ever since. Four years strong. Um, but yeah, it's cool though. Nothing personal. Um, health insurance, nothing personal. Is it a scam? Absolutely. Um, I'm pretty sure if they did the margins for health insurance and what people actually use. It's kind of like car insurance. Most people never actually have to use more than, I believe I read this statistic, that most people pay 98% on on insurance that they never actually have to apply to situations because most people don't get in fatal or lose their car in accidents. That's less likely than anything. Um, or even get in minor accidents. It's like, it's like, put it like this. If you pay 200 bucks a month in insurance, right? Okay. That's 2,400 a year in insurance. Cool. If you never get in an accident, you literally just paid just for the just in case. Look, I'm not this, you know, liberal, woke, whatever. I do think, hey, maybe on my tax returns, maybe return 50% of your fucking profit of something I didn't really need. Think about it like this. Think about like if you go to a Dunkin' Donuts all the time. Luckily, your boy never has to pay. But let's say you went to Dunkin' Donuts every day and you decide just to take out a annual plan. Like, you know what? If I get one large iced coffee day, that's three bucks and you save money when you buy a yearly plan. You save money equals actually $2.50 a day. $2.50 times $3.65. Um, you essentially got close to $1,000 a year you pay on iced coffee, right? Let's say you pay $1,000 at the beginning of the year for this annual pass that you can use once a day. You swipe it and boom. You don't have to pay out of pocket. You pay one time and boom for January 1st to December 31st, you just swipe this card, and once a day, you get a quote-unquote free drink, but it's not free because you paid $1,000 at the beginning of the year, but for the whole calendar year, it's convenient, right? Now, let's say after a month and a half, uh, your doctor tells you, hey, got to cut back. You have diabetes. Actually, you can't have iced coffee. It's actually, uh, it's, it's causing lift nodes and it's engulfing your throat you can't drink it anymore can't have caffeine let's just go that simple you can't have caffeine you're like hey you know um you go up to the duncan corporation or whatever you're like hey i know about this beginning year i don't really need it anymore because i can't use it anymore because it's pointless and they're like you're like sorry go fuck yourself and you're like huh I guess I will. I guess I'll stick the straw up my ass and suck it up, no pun intended, and say, hey, get me the baby wipes. Because, man, I need this to be wiped clean from my record. And they tell you, go fuck yourself. Cool. You know what? It's business. People say, it's just business. It's not personal. It's like, all right, maybe decency comes into play. It's kind of part of a decent business. Sometimes common sense and decency... It's not like they used nine months of it and asked for the refund. You know what? Let's just say we'll round it up. Hey, if you pay the three months, we'll refund X amount, right? This sounds like a terrible business plan. Thank God they don't actually do this. But you know what? We do it for insurance. But hey, it's cool. Scam, business. They have to justify for you going the road. And what are you going to do? Go on the court steps and be like, hey, I don't think insurance is really necessary and it should only be mandatory if it actually affects you and you should just have it as a default thing that if you need it and you pay a small fee one time for a year and you're good. You should only have to use the amount of insurance that you actually have to use. Common sense. Explosion. Cool guys don't look at explosions. We just be common sense and then you can go to State Farm and they tell you, hey, we'll reduce it $15 a month this year. For being a good, solid driver. But cool. Really, part of insurance should be like, if sh- bad shit happens to your car unexpectedly, shouldn't that cover it? At least a deductible? Crazy thought. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? Um, Just put it on a credit card. Build your credit. It's like, yeah. And then 28 days later, 
whatever you built up, if you either have the money or don't, you're in the same fucking position you would have been if you paid it the 28 days before. But hey, again, fuck us, right? Anyways, um, so you pay this yearly card or whatever, and you're like, hey, I don't need this anymore. My life has changed. Things change. And they're like, ha ha. That's beautiful that you have found yourself and you try to better your health, but we're not here for that. And you just hold this card and you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll just keep. I'm not going to just not use it. I have to use it. It'd be like if you had a pair of pants and you knew the pair of pants. If you didn't wear like in six months from now, whether you wear it one time or 90 eight times or 180 times in that six month span if you wear every single day or whether you wear one fucking time they are going to disintegrate out of nowhere just because after 180 days they disintegrate that's what jeans do i don't make the rules jc penny whoo take the tag off and boom but that's not what happens and they disintegrate so you either take advantage of it or you don't That'd be kind of odd if on day 181, you're trying to push it, kind of like when you should have got a oil change five days ago and you keep pushing the past, like, yeah, I can make another day here. But, and they just disintegrate your, you know, thigh hair, leg hair, maybe disintegrates your leg. I don't know. But imagine you have this Duncan card and you just never have to use it anymore and they won't even accommodate or even credit you something. Refund common sense. Because they're like, we can. That's what it's like to have insurance. I feel like maybe not 100%, but 60 to 70%. Give it back to me, baby. Or it should be month by month. If I don't get in a problem this month, charge me 40 bucks. I know, crazy. Like, unless I get in an accident and there's a coverage deductible that is part of the plan and you pay a $200 deductible to get shit fixed, bad accident, hey, cool. But if I don't, I'm just throwing money in the wind. They throw it back and be like, hey, stick this in your elbow and call it rubbing dirt in. It's like, yeah, you're rubbing it in, all right. Give me ringworms. Um... Yeah, talk about WWE style. Uh, I do feel like a criminal mastermind, punk, CM Punk. I don't know what CM stands for. All I know is he got his ass beat in the UFC. I've actually never seen a WWE fight, or I think his trash talk is actually highly overrated. I don't think he's that like interesting or cool. Um, he's that dude that looks a certain way, but he doesn't drink or do drugs, and he's a straight arrow, which... Alright, man. I guess be you, whatever uh, makes you feel a part of the earth. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, Jesus. But yeah. Um, I do think we have this real issue in society. Look, we've all have lost a friend to the P. And I do mean the P. Um... I guess, you know, either side of the aisle you're on, you've all probably lost a friend because, let's just say it was stigmatizing, it was magnetizing, it was, mmm, emasculating, like, oh, Jesus. But yeah, we've all lost a friend. How do you deal with when friends uh, completely disattach from you? I don't know. Do I feel like I'm kind of in a process? Not to get too open about my life. I'm not going to name names, but you know, uh. If uh, they happen to be listening and it's heard in the earth, wind, and fire, then shape up, my friend. Shape up. Um, what is it like when you lose your friend for a girl? Do you sound needy? Do you sound like... Uh, it's like, actually, no, quite the opposite. Because you know what? You're welcome back in the group anytime. But I'm going to ask you one thing. If you were to ignore her for nine months or a year... And had a set of balls and actually be around people you actually give a fuck about when you pay all the fucking rent and she does nothing to fucking contribute. 
And she's just a social media influencer with a thousand fucking followers. Yep, I went there. I shouldn't have gone there, but fuck it. I'm on the green tea. And what do you do? How do you, how are you a public figure when you have private follower numbers? I don't get it. When you post once every five fucking weeks and you haven't posted in four months as of today and you call yourself a social media influencer and I understand I don't have much influence but I can tell you what posting pictures of your white fair skin with average physical qualities if we're going to be straight honest there's nothing influence about that you're not passing knowledge about shit you don't give a fuck about anything of importance you're not a real activist you're a capitalist who actually ironically appropriates a situation that's actually not yours to appropriate. And you actually could just take care of the person that your quote-unquote activism actually is your boyfriend. And you actually don't even show respect to that. But hey, what the fuck do I know? Just a guy with a podcast who lost a friend to you, you fucking whore. But it's cool. Best of buds. What's he gonna do? He's downtrodden. He's beaten down. He's a skeleton. You couldn't... And you know what? He can't even come home and you use a rice cooker to fucking cook chicken, rice, and broccoli in that same fucking rice cooker in 40 minutes. I mean, Jesus. You at least make the man, like, hung. You at least make the man fulfilled, hungrily. But Jesus. But you know what? What is it like when you lose a friend to the game? You know? As you get older, you understand that people change, life changes, people have kids, people get married, and shovel and shit like that, right? But it's when people are with people, and something happens to them where they just lose a pair to make any decision for themselves, and their whole thing becomes strictly about appeasing and pleasing this person who gives no fucks to appease or please them. And you you can't even blame the other person because the person who is your friend, not talking about me, completely unrelated to anything in real life, just speaking out of my ass here, they are so down on themselves and shit that they are completely lost in reality and everything has become about this fucking cunt. Who doesn't give a fuck about them. And you're just sitting there like. Anytime you want to come back to the group. You want to have a laugh. And actually have a good time. And not adopt to their friends group. It's funny how. She'll make him adopt to her friends group. But. For some reason. Won't adopt her. To us. Maybe because he knows he brings us. We're going to call it for what it is. Um. And yeah, I'm going to be honest, and this is going to sound misogynist, I don't give a fuck. Um, if I'm paying for everything at a place, um, no one, guy or girl, in my case, it would be a woman. So, take yourself, and you're paying everything for your partner and spouse, and you shouldn't hold that against them as like a stranglehold, like, ha, without me, you're not... But I'll be fucking damned if someone tells me who I can and can't talk to on Snapchat or message or contacts or who I can be around. If you hang around them, we're going to have a problem. And like, you know what, man? I wish I I honestly wish, excuse my language, but I wish a bitch would have the fucking audacity to tell me what friends I can and can't speak to, especially when we do not own a home together or god forbid have a kid together and if i can make a judgment of who's good enough to be in my life even if it's around certain factors like i'll be fucking damned if someone sits there and tells me i don't want you talking to them anymore i don't want you around them i don't think they're good influence like really i don't give a fuck I'm not a controlling individual, but you know what? You want to play that role? We can go there, and I'll tell you to go kick the sand dunes, stick a Chipotle burrito up your ass, and stick 12 bucks as a tip. Get the fuck out. Spread those guacamole cheeks, 
and overcharged because I've been overcharged to pay you in this inflated economy and rental property that we don't own. And owning sucks, but so does renting for someone that's not appreciative. And in this situation, we are open arms. Imagine if I tell my friend, hey, it's like, I know you've ignored us and the guys for a year, nine months, a year. Like, you better have had a baby by then. Thank God you haven't, but you better have if you're ignoring us. You better be going through these life changes. Whatever. But it seems like they're shunning the wrong people out, and they're keeping people who tell them a bunch of other people are not influential, and all they do is smoke weed, go on TikTok, unemploy, stick their thumbs in their asshole, come home, and say... Come on, I'm a social media influencer. Go fuck yourself. I know exactly what you're doing, and I don't give a fuck. That is my friend. And fine, maybe me and him never have a single meaningful conversation. Maybe we never on purpose come and passing anymore. But I'll be fucking damned if you fuck up his life because he is too good of a guy. I'll be fucking damned about it. So, um, by the end of the day, it's up to the individual. I can't, you know, the more you tell someone and bring realistic what's actually happening and what you see happening, they're going to become more defensive. And honestly, they're going to shun you out and go farther down this path. And then it's going to take four years later for them to realize, wow, I fucked up my life for a fucking whore. And it's not because she's a whore. It's simply because, um, what's the right term? It's because, ironically, everything she tells you to have all your attention to become obsessed with y'all being obsessed with each other. Ironically, that love is not unconditional. And she will leave your ass in two seconds to go quote unquote chase a dream for a guy with more money who does not give two fucks about you, my friend. And yes, this has become a personal PSA message to my friend. But you know what? Sometimes, gotta do it. And he will never see this because he's too busy working his ass off for a fucking ungrateful cunt. And I can't do nothing about it. But you know what? As someone with a semi-public platform, with a semi-voice, with someone who does not give a fuck and can live his truth, not worry about what the fuck this person has to think and I don't anyways and if I were to ever be in this person's presence I would spray and pray and anyone can fucking get it and I don't care because I'm not here to make friends I'm just here to keep the ones that matter unlike people that have influenced mine it's sad and I think about am I being selfish am I being this person that like Oh, you just want some. It's like, no, you know what? I just want my friend to be happy. And every time I've seen him since this life change of his, they've been they've been miserable, sad. And I understand cuz it's really hard when you're deep you when you're deep down in the alley. It's really hard to admit that maybe you made a mistake. Or it's really hard to really um, realize that even when things weren't going in a direction before, that this is not gonna. It this is not helping you. Not for a second has this person asked you once, "What do you want to do with your life, and what can we do to make that better?" No, everything has been about managing and having fun, which is cool if you are actually having fun. Which obviously you're fucking not. Come back to your friend. Let's rap and let's have a great fucking time and let's do a podcast together, my friend. I can make you more money doing this podcast than you are making right now. And it would be a lot less stressful and it would be a lot more fun and you can feel like a man again. Feel like one of us. Feel like one of the boys. Crack a cold one and tell that cold our bitch. If she wants a kiss on the lips, just go suck some dick at some fucking skanky sex club in downtown ATL. It's not that hard to find. And you know what? 
Oh, Jesus. I'm getting way too detailed. Um, if they were to ever see this, they would exactly know what I'm talking about. And honestly, what are they going to do about it? She finally going to start that podcast she's been affluential to start? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because the social media influencer is not really something she wants to do. She just wants a free pass. And it's a generic title. And you have funded something that she doesn't even put half an effort in. And this isn't a chastising of an individual. This is what happens when you lose a friend towards a cause that doesn't even help him. I am more than okay with losing friends because they have moved on to better pastures. They have had different changes in life, life changes. They have done things that they have had to do for themselves to make them happy. But this, I can't. Because I see the setback from afar. And honestly, if they would have stuck with the vision I had and we had. And it's still on the table. And that's the thing. Through all this, when you truly give a fuck about someone. And have true, unconditional love for someone. That even through all this. I don't want to say. But through all this non-communication. Leaving people out the dry. Leaving all that. I am still... Everything that was there before is still here for you. And I'm not, and we are not going to shit on you and make fun. We are going to welcome you back with open arms. That's how much we care because we understand and we truly only give a fuck about you for you. While the person you're with, tell them that I want to focus on what I want to do for eight fucking days. And we've been left out the drive for eight, nine months, almost a year. Tell them for eight days, I'm just going to do my thing and nothing with anything like that. Just I am going to focus on what I want to do. See how much unconditional love is involved for something they're not even contributing to you. Imagine that. And this is to anyone. I know it sounds like this has become very isolated and individualistic, but this is really to anyone that has felt like a friend has disappeared. I think it's very normal at a young age. I think it's really normal in general when you first date someone to start being with someone. You're going to make more time because there's this fascination. You want to learn so much. There's something about them and all. You make, you know, you do trips. You go on dates. You spend nights together. Days, mornings, every moment that you're not at your job. You're making time to be. There's nothing wrong with that. And even if you fastly move in with each other, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is when it becomes... A territorial thing that is undeserved. People that have been in your life for eight months, they you think you owe them more than a friend that's been in your life for nine years? That's wild to me. Maybe it's just me. Like, I believe uh sustainability consistency is where love is truly at. Not to get into too philosophical here. But this is why I was talking with my friend earlier, and we always agree that unconditional love is the biggest lie is the biggest bullshit we have going around here. Because what people view as unconditional love is loving me no matter what bullshit, what baggage I come with. That is not unconditional love. Unconditional love is a, one, it's not real. But love in the terms of long term is the consistency of loving someone even when it's not easy. But not loving someone just because no matter what bullshit. It's okay when it gets to a point that, huh, this person has done things that don't align with. By the way, if a, if you're not a believer in polygamy or open marriage, and you date someone for eight months, and they want to start bringing that to you on the table, you have every right to be, regardless of your love and feelings for someone, to be like, no. Um, I'm actually, this isn't what I want. And don't let them guilt you be like, well, if you truly, it's like, you know what? Because this is not what we, this was not the initiation. This is now this started. We didn't meet in a king size bed where you again ran by two guys dicks that were bigger than mine. That's not how this started. This started because we met at a Sears. We went to Red Lobster, shared some biscuits, buttered yours, and you, uh, slayed mine. And we casually talk, gradually talk, spend a lot of time, mano y mano, 
a group of friends. We may go to get together. We may go to parties. And then you just want, actually, I want someone else's dick inside of me. And you're like, actually, um, I'm not voluntarily for that. That's what you're for. I'm not your guy. And, or girl, you have every right to be like, nah. When things don't align with things that, like, it's not your job to start adjusting to things that you don't believe in. Don't let this open-mindedness culture, you know, there's a fine line between being open-mindedness and your mind just being open. Open-minded is like, you know what, maybe, it's like, you know what, maybe instead of going to the lake today, we just go get some ice cream and go lay a towel in the outfield of a local red park, get some fire ants on our arm, put some lotion on. Maybe we go to Whitewater instead of the lake. You check the weather, you check the temperature, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to be open-minded, whatever the kids want. Being open-minded isn't the most extreme versions. Um, Because it's like, what are you even like believing in? What's your view? But we, we, me and my friend, are firm like unconditional love and the way is advertised. And commercialized and fantasized and beautified. That it, it's, it's bullshit. It really is. Unconditional love isn't this... I I think I've talked about this plenty of time before on the podcast, but it factors in. Anyways, it factors into the point in that we feel like if we don't follow this unconditional love pattern at the beginning, then we are not showing traits to be a certain individual to impress someone or show someone qualities. And I think you can love someone for who they are. But not be there and be like, oh my god, it's so amazing when you just shit my face because it's a fetish of yours or it's a kink of yours. It's like, that's beautiful. Um, That's what you're into, not me. I'm okay that you shared that you've done this in the past. And I'm okay that you shared that this is something you've thought about. But not on my face. And this is figuratively and literally. Don't shit on my face and rub it in and call it moose. What is that fucking shit? The moose rubbing, you know, chocolate pudding. Um, <laughs> Depends how much uh, chocolate you're putting in there. <laughs> oh, fuck you, uh, Clint. Fuck you, Clint. Anytime I say fuck you, I'm always saying to myself, I will never tell a random individual fuck you. But anyways, fuck Chipotle. Um... But yeah, look, you got a friend in me. And the sad part is saying all these things, it sounds like it's frustration. It sounds like it's you lost someone. You lost someone to a cause or to a thing that you personally don't feel is worthy. And if you could see, and not that it's up to us if we see this person's happy or not. Like, that's not our place to make that judgment. But I have eyes. I have observation. You have a, like, a lifetime. You have a, you have a, uh, through your life, you have gained the ability to make observations and be like, this doesn't look right. And it's not always about putting yourself in someone's shoes. But when you know someone and you know things that matter to them and you know things that piss them off and you know things they don't stand for, and you see them just kind of struggling with, because sometimes you're too close to a thing. You have to be disattached to truly understand something for what it is. And sometimes we're too close to the thing. We're too in love or we're too attached to things to really like sit there and look at it and be like, ah, yeah. And I, you know, I don't know. What do you do? I'm just speaking out loud here. Honey, now, can you pay your rent on time? Under the light of a thousand stars. Can you just go to sex clubs and not break my heart? And keep it private. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to keep going down that rabbit hole. But speaking of rabbits and holes. 
Um, here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny rail. Hippity hoppity Easter is really a holiday that I don't truly understand. But yeah, um, Easter. It's called Easter Sunday, but yet all the festivities happen on Saturday. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. How come the most serious of holidays in religion and Christianity and stuff, we make a theatric and we make it childish? It's kind of like when I was talking about animals and childs. Like, why do we make Christmas, which is supposed to be Jesus' birthday, the birth of Christ, we make it about a overweight, white-bearded guy who has elves and a whore for a wife uh, and says... Uh, Take my teriyaki stick and overcharge a dollar scoop. Like, uh, depends on the missed clause you find in the contract. But we make those things fictional. We make Easter about a fucking Easter rabbit that they end up putting in fucking Arthur, an aardvark. They have a fucking bunny rabbit named literally, what's the fucking rabbit's name? Is it like Chester? They give him like a stereotypical rabbit name. They couldn't name him Mel. They gave him like some fucking... Let me look this up. What fucking name did they give him to Arthur? I know they gave him a fucking stereotypical fuck you name. And it's a shame. Um, It's not Christopher Rabbit, but... But anyway, but yeah. Um, Why is it? Why come like holidays, like we make it... We make it kid friendly. Why? Why? Why can't Easter just be about you know? Was it like Saint Paul and Saint John and a pastor that you know, a Catholic with the weird head thing? Like, man, eh, looks a little weird. Um, yeah, no, nah, we gotta make everything so way to capitalize in green cards. We gotta make it like oh, Easter eggs, hatchet. Nah. Anyway, by the way, um, how come Easter eggs? Shouldn't they have chicken nuggets in it? Why is it candy? I understand it's plastic. I understand it's for kids. But if we're going to have any sense of resemblance, shouldn't you put like chicken nuggets, chicken pieces, popcorn chicken? Why do they call it popcorn chicken? Like, there's nothing about popcorn chicken. What if popcorn chicken was actually made like in a popcorn bag? You know, like popcorn bag, like you throw it in the microwave, it's got kettles, it's flat as fuck the next, you know, boom. It booms up after three and a half minutes. How come popcorn chicken, it doesn't start as a little kettle chicken, chicken nibbles and shit. It's in a bag. You throw it in and boom, it boosts up and it's like 45 pieces of popcorn chicken. Sounds like you would think, what's the association? Because popcorn chicken pieces are not relatively the size of a popcorn. I know a little bit of a stretch here, but you know, yoga. Um, <laughs> uh, talk about stretching the truth, like this whole podcast, misinformation, uh, like Joe Biden would say, this fucking guy, that's what he said, this fucking guy, that's like a meme, and honestly, I, I'm not a, I'm not a quote unquote big voter, whatever the fuck that means, I don't know how you're not a big voter, you're either a voter or you don't, um, it's like, yeah, I'm not, it's like, yeah, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big fried okra guy, but you know. I'll have it at a buffet. Like, that's not the same thing. I was like, I'm not a big voting guy. It's like, nah, you either do or you don't. <laughs> like, it's not, ah, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a, I'm not a big pizza. I'm not a big stuffed crust type of pizza guy. It's like, okay, I mean, you either, like, it's like, okay, like, I can understand. Like, you're not into the extraness of the crust. Like, you could do without it, but if it's there and you're hungry, certain setting, you have some ranch to dip it in, some over oil, garlic, dip, and sauce. Like, yeah, fuck it. It's here. But you're not going to order and pay an extra six bucks for it. But if it's there at a pizza party, hey, fuck it. Like, and I've also never understood the whole, like, like, the whole, like, uh, pride, like, it's a weird thing that the pride, I'm not going to get political here. I'm just going to say this briefly. I think the obsession with the pride and posting about look at me voting. I voted today. That's a weird thing. A vote like a voting. If you really think it's like this national liberty, you really think it's like this 
is like this uh it's like this thing that like you're like I did the right thing. It's like, all right, then you just do it. It's like you would feel uncomfortable. Like it's always uncomfortable when you watch someone giving ten thousand dollars to a homeless man and before they give it, they make like a whole introduction speech by the dude sitting there with his Jack Terrier Russell sitting there with this Klondike bar and the rapper used to literally warm his hands. And he's sitting there, sitting down on the street on a cardboard box, asking for change. And you're like, I'm sure life has been hard. And you make this whole speech, make this whole event instead of just giving the guy the money. But no, you record it. So you get 500,000 views in two weeks, build yourself a saying like we're good people and thinking that publicizing charity is great. Um, I don't know. Is publicizing charity great? I think it's odd. It's always a spectacle. It always comes off as disingenuine. I think most people can kind of agree with that. It's just like, you know, I think most people like, I think most people like when you watch a video of a good deed and it's unnaturally recorded, it's one thing if you're watching someone help an old lady cross the street. But then some person a block away is recording on their iPhone, zooming up, watching someone help an old lady cross the street or doing CPR on a dog. Not like, do you have the camera on? Do you have a camera on? And then you start putting two fingers on the fucking dog and the pulse. It's like in that 10 second span that you're trying to get the camera on, you could have called the 911 or the vet office, whatever animal control. Or you could have started CPR and actually started the process of the fucking good deed you're trying to fucking do. Like, it's always weird. I understand charity events. I understand donating to schools. Like, it's a controlled environment that's a bigger, like, donation. And I'm not against public donations. Like, I donated $200,000 to say I donated this to the... Like, that's fine. That's cool. Like, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to do individual charity and the post it on either YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the fuck for public consumption, and you sit there and be like, I gave this guy 80 bucks. When it's a little bit more than a couple bucks and you go above and beyond like, I gave this guy $200 today. Because you know what? It's all about giving back to the community. And you're staring at the camera as you give this man and you're standing at the camera making a monologue speech about how fucking great you are and how important it is for everyone to do what you did because you're virtuous. Um, it's like, hey man, give the guy $200. Don't post the guy's struggle. Don't post the guy's lowest moments in life where he has to accept a form of charity because that makes people feel some type of way when they have to accept charity. Because they're in a very compromised position. And it's like, what? then what if that homeless dude is like, hey man, could you not record this? And you're like, oh what, you ungrateful? Like without, like I have to find a way to make money. Like, then he comes off a certain way. Then you come off an asshole disputing, trying to refute and, re- and tell this guy that this homeless dude is in the wrong. For like, hey, I appreciate, I appreciate the sentiment, but could you not like, show my face, could you at least blur my face, could you not make the whole thing about me being homeless and you don't even, and you giving me money and acting like, oh my god, I'm so great, it's like, if you're gonna give, then give, that's the thing, don't make it a spectacle, that's all I'm trying to say, um, speaking of not making a spectacle, um, uh, Going back to Chipotle, man, I'm sorry, I have to go back to Chipotle, man. Not really, I'm not going back to Chipotle. And here's the thing, the food was great, it was a little messy, ate it in my car, dripped in the bag, not getting too much into the deets, peed outside of my car, uh, smell like uh, gin and juice, because I was definitely peeing underneath the fake palm tree, one wet and wild, but... It really, it really made me, when I went into Chipotle, everyone was nice, the employees were nice and everything, so this isn't about the employees, but when I went in there, there was this guy who came in behind me, and there wasn't a line, 
I went to the front, waited for the lady to come over there, asked my one. She was on the register. She was multitasking. She was kind of doing like they had a bunch of people back there cutting stuff, fresh, whatever, someone in the drive-thru. Like everyone had duties. I wouldn't say they were understaffed, but they were just busy, you know? They weren't expecting to get a little bit busier on a Monday night. It was like 7, 8 o'clock. It didn't bother me, right? Up at the front, literally 25 seconds, if even. And some guy behind me, ever feel that discomfort when you're like at a front counter or even if you're sitting in a lobby somewhere and you're looking over at someone doing the head poking like they don't fucking see them? Like, hey, you guys going to give me attention and take my order? It's like you obviously see them running around, slipping inside and falling on their knees. They need knee pads. It's like they're going to skate in Tony Hawk, except they're not getting the profit of a Tony Hawk video game. And they're busting their ass and you're poking your head like they don't fucking see you. And this dude's behind me. So I'm in, and he's like, he's starting to like get over my shoulder. This true story. So again, and I'm looking like, I'm oh, sorry, where you, I was like. Oh, uh, are you, you all right? He's like, yeah, you know, no one's just come over here. It's like, you know, we got places to be. I'm like, well, yeah, um, trust me, I did too. But, you know, it's called waiting in line. Um, I hate to be that guy. I know us millennials, we're just willing to accept anything that's unsavory and we have no respect for ourselves when it comes to being customers. It's like, nah, like it's also weird and uncomfortable when you're just poking your head out, trying to get attention, passive aggressively, nonchalantly type of shit. And then, so I go up there, order, get up to the end. She comes back and he's like, oh, I have a mobile order for Dan. And she's like, oh, let me check that. Because I'm walking out, and I'm grabbing napkins or whatever. So I kind of over here. And she's like, um, could it be under another name? And he's like, no, it would not be under another name. Because that's my name, Dan. And I'm like, Jesus, what a damsel in distress. Sorry, had to do it. But, and... She, I just hear her like, um, okay, well, let me see what's going on. And then I walked out of the building. Um, he didn't walk, and I was in the parking lot another five to six minutes. Didn't see him come out. So I don't know what happened. But um, yeah, just don't be that person awkwardly poking your head out trying to get attention because you don't think no one sees you. 90% of the time, if everyone's there to be seen, they see you. If they haven't gotten to you, haven't walked up to you, it's probably because... They're kind of busy. Just give it a minute. It's all right. You will be fine. And that is episode 101 of the Off and Be podcast. Like and subscribe. And by the way, review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and for now on, from episode 101, I'm going to experiment with different type of title uh, formats. Episode number, like put it at the end with the slash and... Have a great day. That is the signal for the camera. Be like, hey, sign off, fatty. And that's episode 101 of the Off and Me podcast. Like, subscribe, and suck some titties. And enjoy the Tuesday pod. And have a great day, my friends. Have a great day. Or more like have a great Dane. Because they are big fucking animals. They are big motherfuckers. Can I have a great dame with some green tea? Why would you feed your green dame? Why would you feed your great dame green tea? I don't know. You know, they have sore throats. Dogs have sore throats, right? Yeah.